keeps you connected to the flow and keeps him fresh and flowing on the inside. The Spirit of the Lord is always fresh, but many times uh, because of Christians living on yesterday's blessing or perhaps being out of the Word and living on stale manna, the your spirit can kind of grow sluggish and grow stagnant, but worship maintains that flow. You'll maintain that wonderful flow of the Holy Spirit on the inside. Amen. And then worship is a maximizer. Worship is a maximizer. Well, what do you mean worship is a maximizer? What I mean is this, is worship will maximize the presence of God in your individual life, it is a way to connect with the Father who is a spirit by your spirit communing with him. We've been talking a lot about the presence of the Lord and we've been talking about ways to stay vitally connected to the vine. This is another way. Worship is a maximizer. What worship will do, it'll maximize his presence in your life but also, it will maximize his presence in our church. Maximum. You know, you can have little presence, you can have medium presence, but then you can have great presence. Amen? And of course, that's what each and every one of us are after individually and corporately as a church. But... Worshippers, people that worship God, maximize his presence in their individual lives and in the church. Now listen to this statement. And gives him place to everything he wants to do. Not just a part of what he wants to do. But it gives him place to everything he wants to do. Have you ever left a service and felt like there was more? You know why you felt that way? Because there was more. And there is always more. And there will always be more. (laughs) Because we serve a God who's more than, more than, more than, more than, more. Amen? Amen? So I want us as a church to be filled with his word and to be filled with his spirit so that the maximum presence of God can be manifest in us, around us, and all about us, and so ultimately that he can do everything he wants to do. Amen. Amen. I got this word in my spirit uh, this morning while we were worshiping, the word shift. So I want, you to, I want you to work with me a little bit on 2 Corinthians chapter 3 just for a moment. And let's pray as we look to him to give utterance today. Father, thank you so much for your presence in this place, for your wonderful people that are gathered together in your name. May each heart be encouraged. May we be supercharged with your anointing. Lord, we're here to, to, to be filled in a sense, to be encouraged, and to be strengthened. And we give you glory for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And everyone said amen. amen. So, 
Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And uh, I want to take a look at, uh, I believe it's verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. And this is something we can do every day of our lives. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 it says, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, or the presence of the Lord, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now I want you to notice here that there is a shift that takes place when one takes his or her eyes off of what they might be going through or what kind of circumstance or whatever may be happening in their lives, there is a shift that must take place. Our attention must be drawn away from those things and then looking to Him or beholding Him. Beholding Him. What I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying If you want things to change, you must change. Mm -hmm. If you want things to shift, there must be a shift on your part. What are you talking about? A a shift on my part. Change jobs? No. Change what you're looking at. Change who you're looking at. Change your mindset from a worldly carnal, distraction, distracted world and shift it unto Him. That's really what worship will do. Worship will help you to behold Him. Worship Mm -hmm. will help you to see Him. And as a result of living in that place, things will change. Things will change. Bodies can change. Financial situations can change. Amen? Amen. Don't look so bored today. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's a word right there. That's a word for you. Amen. Changed. Things are shifting, things are moving. Things are shaken. Mountains are being cast into the sea. Cancer is being dispelled. Hallelujah. Lack is being demolished. Discouragement is dissipating. Depression is melting before the presence of the Lord. But it is a requirement then on our part to behold Him. To make that shift. Uh, to make that change. Amen. So let's talk a little while this morning about worship. Worship is another way that you and I can connect to the presence of the Lord. Is anybody interested in that? Now we know that it's a little warm in here. We might need a little air. But we also know this, that in Psalms 22 it says this, that God inhabits... The praises of his people. Now, what does the word inhabit mean? Does anyone know? Mm -hmm. I'm taking another sip. Give me some more. Talk to the preacher today. 
He inhabits the praises of his people. Now, in, in the act of worship, one may kneel, one may sing, one may lift up their hands, one may lay before the Lord to, to pay homage to God. And that's the act of worship. But there is also the life of worship where one is committed to serve the Lord and to obey his words. I want you to look over at Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 and 15 from the message translation. And we'll notice this part of and this concept of worship. Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 and 15 from the message says this. So now fear God. You know, that's a good thing to do. Fear God. Worship him in total commitment. Get rid of the gods of your ancestors. Worshipped on the far side of the river Euphrates and in Egypt. He says, you worship God. Notice verse 15. It says, if you decide that it's a bad thing to worship God, then choose, God, choose a God you'd rather serve. And do it today. Choose one of the gods your ancestors worshipped from the country beyond the river or one of the gods of the Amorites on whose land you are now living. As for me and my family... Here's what we're going to do. We are going to worship God. Amen. Say it with me. As for me, As for me. and my clan, and my clan. We're, going to worship God. we're going to worship God. So then, obeying him and worshiping him and serving him is a choice. Now look over at Exodus chapter 23. And I want us to notice verse 24 and 25. We're going to pull it up in the NIV version. And they're doing a great job up there because I switched gears on them today a little bit. But notice with me in Exodus 23, verse 24 and verse 25, in the New International Version, it says, Do not bow before their gods or worship them or follow their practices. You must demolish them and break their sacred stones to pieces. Now, verse 25 is what I want you to see. He says, Worship the Lord your God. One translation says, You will serve the Lord your God. And his blessing will be on your food and water. And I will take sickness and disease away from the midst of you. But in the eyes of God, serving him and worshiping him are the same thing. Mm -hmm. So as you serve the Lord your God, you are worshiping the Lord your God. To serve him is to worship him. Amen? Now, look with me at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 in the Amplified Version. We did a little series a while back called Saved to Serve. Amen? Amen. Everyone say, I've been saved saved to serve, serve. to serve the Lord. Lord. Notice with me in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, reading from the Amplified, it says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as what? As a living sacrifice. So it is my responsibility and is your responsibility to present your body to God as a living sacrifice. And then he goes on to define what that is. Holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God which is now your reasonable, rational, intelligent service. And what are those last few words? 
and spiritual worship. So God says this. He says, when you get your body in control and you do not let your body dominate you, when you worship him, me, with all of your heart and serve me, that is a form of spiritual worship. So as you're offering and dedicating your body to him as a living sacrifice and you're renewing your mind according to the word of God, you are really worshiping him. Hallelujah. Can you say, Lord, I worship you. I serve you. And we've been here about 31 years, and we've noticed that throughout the years, people that serve in the ministry of helps are some of the most serious worshipers in our church. Now, you know that we define the word helps as having enough loving people serving. We could define it this way, having enough loving people worshiping. Amen. I have seen God literally promote people in their position in the church as a result of them being a worshiper of God. Hallelujah. I am a worshiper of God. Now let's switch gears. Look at John chapter 4. John the 4th chapter, verses 19 through 24. We're going to look at that in the King James Version. Now, what Jesus is saying here, he says, there's a shift that's going to take place. You'll notice the context of this. He says, they worshiped on a mountain. We don't worship on a mountain anymore. Glory to God, we worship the King of Kings who lives on the inside of us. Notice with me in in John 4, verse 19, the woman said to him, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Verse 20, our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where where men ought to worship. But Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Verse 22. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship. In other words, he's saying you have no clue of what you're worshiping. But we know what and who we're worshiping. For he goes on to say salvation is of the Jews. Read verse 23 and verse 24 with me. Ready? Read. But the hour cometh... And now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him. Where? In spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. And so... When we worship Him, wherever we are at, our focus is on Him. Amen? We love Him. We are honored that we are His children. And we are humbled by what He has made us to be in Him. Now, something supernatural happens when we become saturated with His presence. Something supernatural. Something takes place as we said in our text we're changed there's a shift that's taking place and now we're moving and we're going from one place of presence from one place of glory to the next that's where i'm heading how about you hallelujah say it with me we're going on we're going up god's bringing us up we're going higher and higher into the very presence of the Lord. 
did you know that God wants every one of you to be super, supernaturally saturated? Let me try to say that again. <laughs> supernaturally saturated by the Spirit. Supernatural strength comes upon worshipers. In His presence, there's fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. How many of you could use just a little more strength in your life? I'll raise both hands. How many of you could use a lot more strength in your life? I'm going to raise both hands. Well, I know the strong one, and you know the strong one, and he said that he would strengthen you with might by his spirit in the inner man. There comes that exchange of your inability for his ability. Your weakness for his strength. Your disease for his health. Your lack for his abundance. Strengthened with might by the Holy Spirit in the inner man. And that's one of the blessings of having the Holy Spirit in your life. He placed the Holy Spirit in your spirit so that you could have a strong spirit. I'm going to say that again. He placed the Holy Spirit in your spirit so that you could have a strong spirit. Not a weak, emaciated, beat up, beat down spirit. But the strong spirit of man, the Bible says, will sustain him or her in their infirmity. In other words, whatever weakness comes your way, the strong spirit of man, by the Holy Spirit, infusing him or her with strength, will strengthen them with might and cause them to rise above whatever weakness or infirmity this world has to offer. Hallelujah! You are not alone. He didn't leave us orphans. He didn't leave us comfortless. He put the strong one on the inside. And stronger is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Let's look over at Ephesians chapter 3, could we? Let's look at Ephesians 3 and we'll start at verse 14, the amplified version. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank God for that exchange. They that wait upon the Lord. They're not going to have their strength removed. They're going to have their strength renewed. Ooh, glory. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Amen. I see Richie and some of the guys that work out at Bally's where I work out. And sometimes we go into Bally's and we work out. They work out together. I work out by myself. I can't do their workout because they work out too hard for me. I'm 63 and they're like, whatever. But I've noticed that there comes strength into my body naturally when I work out. You know, you, you just hit that point where all of a sudden your body just starts feeling good and the stress is gone. And man, glory to God, after you lift a few, you know, 30 pounds of weight, you kind of walk around like that. Thank you. You know, and these guys with all the tats and everything are looking at me like, really? Yeah, really, bro. You want some of this? <laughs> Just having a little fun today. Somebody need to notify your face that it's Sunday. It's the weekend. Smile real big. Glory to God. Joy of the Lord's our strength. Woo! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Strength. Strong in the Lord. The power of His might. Not strong in yourself. Not strong in your own intellect or your own ingenuity, but strong in the Lord. For this reason, 
seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ. I bow my knees to the poor of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul's getting ready to pray. And he's getting ready to pray for the church at Ephesus. What belongs to the church at Ephesus belongs to the church in the Bay Area because we are the same church. Amen? Verse 15. Here's what he prays. From whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that the Father, from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name, verse 16, may he grant you. How many of you know we serve a God that gives out grants? Hallelujah. His grants are free. Thank you, Lord. Don't have to pay him back. Paid in full. But then he might grant you now out of the rich treasury of his glory. Evidently, there's a treasury of glory that we can tap into. But it comes by his granted, his graciousness. To be strengthened, there's the word strengthened. Everyone say strengthened. And reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. Okay? Verse 17. May Christ through your faith, so your faith is involved in this. Amen? If you're going to receive strength and be a worshiper, and you're going to plug into the presence of God, everything we do must be done by faith. Amen? Because quite frankly, some of you look like this morning you did not want to worship. Amen? I'm honest about it, right? But did you notice when you just stepped out in faith? All of a sudden, glory to God, a little something just rose up on the inside of you? Maybe not. Okay. (laughs) May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and found securely on love. Verse 18. That you may have the power and be strong. Do you notice that the theme in here is strong? And it comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen? To apprehend and grasp with God's devoted people, the experience of that love, what is the breadth and length and depth and height of it. In other words, get a revelation of the love of God. That will strengthen you in your soul. Now notice here in verse 19, that you may really come to know practically through the experience for yourself the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled. Now, pray this with me, that I may be filled through my entire being. Now, let's stop right there. That we might be filled through what? Through our entire being. That's spirit, soul, and body. Amen? Unto all the fullness of God that we may have the richest measure of his divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with who? I want us to keep that verse up here just for a few more moments this morning. Strengthened with might. How many of you remember a president by the name of Ronald Reagan? How many of you liked Ronald Reagan? One of the things that I liked about Ronald Reagan, he wasn't a weakling. Ronald Reagan, Reagan. (laughs) Ronald Reagan. It's early. Was quoted as saying that we will rule and we will have peace from a position of strength. We will rule and we will have peace through a position of strength. So, 
from that position of strength, which gives you the edge, by the way, Ronald Reagan stood up and said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear this wall down. And when you get strengthened with might by the Holy Ghost on the inner man, you'll point at the devil and say, Mr. Devil, tear this wall down. When you're strong, you become intolerant to where the enemy is concerned. When you are strong in the Lord and the power of his might, there are just flat some things you will not put up with any longer. I've put up with this long enough. I'm not tolerating it one day longer. Mr. Gorbachev, get out of here. When's the last time... I beg your pardon, and I don't mean to be rude or clowning, but when is the last time you were filled with all the fullness of God? When is the last time that you had the richest measure of His divine presence? Where you are flooded with God. You know... Being flooded with God, I fully intended to to preach the message that I worked on this week and called, There's a Flood Coming. But we're not quite ready to hear it yet. And we will be, and the Spirit of God wasn't moving in that direction. But there is a flood coming. But now notice this statement. When you're flooded with God... That means you have more of God that you can contain. It gets to a point where you get into not just being filled, but overflow. Everyone say overflow. Overflow. See, that, that lines up with our text that we use for offering. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly, superior in quantity. Amen? Amen. Look at Psalm 92, verse 10. And we're going to look at this just for a moment. Psalms 92, verse 10. Here, here's what our attitude should be. Amen? But my horn, my emblem of excessive strength and stately grace, you have exalted like that of a wild ox. David says, I am anointed with what? Now, let's look at it in the King James Version, and uh, let's look at it how it is said there in King James. David knew that there is no way that he could do what he was called to do running on empty. Just like you would have never gotten to the church today had you not had the proper amount of oil in your engine. David knew that the journey was great and the journey was long. David knew what he was called to do. And David faced many adversaries. But David's attitude was not to tuck tail and run when the pressure got on. David knew to go to the rock that was stronger than and higher than and greater than he. Amen? Amen? Now notice with me. He said, but my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. Read the rest of it with me. Let's read it again. 
I shall be anointed. One more time. Fresh oil as opposed to used oil. Amen? Right? One thing that Brenda and I like is we like French bread with olive oil. You know? And we pour the olive oil liberally on the plate. And then we just sop it up. And just... That's me, not her. But we never pour oil on there that's been used. We pour fresh oil on there. God wants to give you an eye, and I'll include myself in this. He wants to give us fresh oil. But now notice David said, you know, if there's not going to be anyone else that's going to get this, I'm going to get this. I'm going to be anointed with fresh oil. Did you know that there are a lot of Christians that need an oil change? Did you know that in the natural realm there's all sorts of oil for your car? How many of you have a, have a car where you use 1040 oil? You go to a store, you'll see all these different oils. How many of you use 530? How many of you have an automobile that has 100,000 plus miles on it? Okay, I'm almost 100,000 in my car. I'm about 98,000. But do you know that there is oil for engines with high mileage? You'll read on some of them, this is for engines with 75,000 miles or more. In other words, oil specifically designed for automobiles with high mileage. And God has got some anointing from the Holy Ghost that can help some Christians that obviously have some high mileage. You can hear them coming to church. Clankety, clank, 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 Pastor, I've been doing this for a long time. And I'm really getting tired. But God says, I know you got some high mileage. And I got just the stuff. Come on, somebody. I got just the stuff to put in your engine. So don't worry. You're not going to break down. You're not going to burn out. You're not going to rust out. You're not going to tear up because I got some fresh oil. And fresh anointing from the Holy Ghost. And He can strengthen you. And renew you. And He can fill you to overflowing. How many of you have an automobile right now that just, it needs an oil change? I'm raising my hand. And have you ever had the experience whether you changed the oil yourself or brought it to oil changers? You can sure tell a difference, can't you? In your car when you've had an oil change. Why? Because it seems just like that things begin to run smooth again. Smooth again. Listen, welcome to Heart of the Bay Oil Changers. Yeah. 
And, and let me just tell you something. You, you may not get a complete oil change in a 9 a.m. service. But we have other services as well. Or you may just get filled with all the fullness of God in a 9 a.m. service. Amen? I believe this. That church attendance is as muy importante. And that just one dose a week of the Holy Ghost, it ain't enough. I'm going to hide behind the pulpit. Look at Ephesians 5. Say it with me. Today's my day. This is the day the Lord has made. Don't you know that he compares being filled with the Spirit to drinking? Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Listen to this statement. The Holy Spirit is God in liquid form. Yeah. He said in John chapter 7, Come unto me and drink, not come unto me and think. What do you mean the Holy Spirit is God in liquid form? The Holy Spirit is typified in the Scriptures in many forms, but one is water. He said in John, he said that out of your belly, come on, is going to flow, flow, what? Rivers of living water. This water is not regular water. There's something in this water. There's something in the water. There's life in the water. There's strength in the water. There's healing in the water. There's joy in the water. So let him or her come unto me and let him drink. Ephesians 5 says, but be being filled with the Spirit. In Acts 13 it says, they were continuously filled with the Holy Ghost and with joy. This is a continual experience that we are to drink in every day of our lives. Constantly being strengthened with fresh oil by the power of the Holy Spirit. Constantly drinking in and partaking of His goodness through the Scriptures. Mm -hmm. And here's what will happen in closing. Look at verse 20 in Ephesians 3. Here's what will happen. When you do this as a regular way of life, here's what can happen in your life. Something on the inside of you gets so strong that certain things that haven't been cranked up for a while start getting cranked up. Hopes that you've let go of. Dreams and visions that you've let die. All of a sudden, hey, on the inside, I can see again. I can see again. I was once weak, but I'm strong again. Now to him. Now you get into that place where you go into overflow, declaring some things. You know what? God is doing exceeding abundantly above for me all that I can ask or think. And you know what? It's according to the power that's working in me. Let's stand to our feet right now. And let's just raise our hands this morning. And let's just thank Him for His presence today. Hallelujah.